Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Hello, this is Dr. Joe Beam. I am on my phone, which means I have no way to see any of the questions that are coming in. For some reason, my computer and blog talk are not liking each other today. And blog talk is the methodology through which we are actually able to speak with you. I'm going to ask uh, Cassie, who is doing our primary call screening today. Cassie, if you can hear me, if this is working at all, then you'll need to choose the callers and then press the button to put them on the air with me. Okay? And we'll see if anything happens from there whatsoever. Okay. Apparently, Cassie cannot hear me, and so that is not working either. Uh, if you'll give me about another five minutes, I'm going to try one other thing to see if I can get on block top. Hey, Joe, it's Cassie. I heard you, and I'm going to put through our first caller here. Hello, this is Dr. Joe Beam. I don't know if anybody can hear me or not. I do profusely apologize that it's taken us all this long to make the technology work. It appears the internet, at least at least via my computer, has gone crazy. So let me find out if anybody can hear me or not. And I'll find out from our folks who work with us, who are stationed in various places around the city of Nashville and the area of Middle Tennessee, Okay, they can hear me now. I am so sorry. I apologize. Thank you guys for holding on here. I'm going to get to you as many as I can, and this program is going to go longer today because of all the technical difficulties we had at the outset. The first question we had came through one of our client representatives, Randy Widrick, who works out of New York. And he has some candidates. I mean, some candidates. I'm so sorry. I'm a little frazzled from all this technology here and not working the way it should. He has a uh, several clients, and many of our CRs do, 
in Canada. And this one lady in Canada asked this question. She said, I have children that are two and five, and we're trying to, you know, stay at home because of all this thing going on with this virus. But my husband is involved with an affair partner, and he's regularly leaving the house to go see her and then come back to our house to be with us. And I fear for the safety of my two-year-old and my five-year-old, what should I do? Okay, so here's a general principle. Listen to it carefully because it's not going to say what you might think it's saying. We typically say if you're trying to put a marriage back together when the spouse is doing something he or she shouldn't be doing, and particularly when they're trying to move away from you to do other things, then we suggest that you try to avoid pushes when possible. In other words, those things that are going to irritate the other spouse. But, but here's the point you need to hear. Sometimes pushes have to happen. And when you look at things such as the safety, the health safety of your children who are two and five and the possibility that something can happen. I just saw on the news recently a a very small baby hooked up to the IVs and everything because that baby has the virus. And I understand you as mama bear saying, wait a minute, whoa, I want to save my marriage. That's really what's important to me. But but the health of my children, that's also important to me. And my guess would be it's even more important to you than your marriage. If you had to choose between the two, your children getting sick with this virus, which has the potential to kill, maybe you wouldn't, but the potential of it, and your spouse's freedom to go back and forth to see as a fair partner, my guess is I pretty well know what you're going to decide. Now, understand, it is your decision, not mine. You hear that? It's your decision, not mine. And so what I recommend to you is this, (laughs) you do what's best for your children. Now it's your decision, not mine. I said that what five times now, but I would recommend that you do what's best for your children. You say, well, that push may just keep me from putting my marriage back together. Yeah. Well, if he brings home that virus and one of your children gets sick, really, really sick, winds up in intensive care with this crazy thing. At that point, you're not going to be caring much about your marriage anyway. And in all likelihood, we'll be carrying a lot of anger towards your husband for how dare he go out and bring that stuff back in here. Now, realize some of you are saying he may not bring the virus back in. Yeah, but that's an unknown. That's an uncontrollable. You don't know whether he will or not. You don't know whether he actually has already been um, exposed to it or not. And so, yeah, we are dealing uh, speculatively or to some degree, but understand that speculation is reasonable based on what's going on in the country and in the nation and in the world, including Canada, of course, (laughs) right now. So you do what you think is best, but if it were I, I'd say, look, I love my children, and I believe you do too, do you? And if he were to say, well, you know I do, of course I do, then then here's something I'm asking you to do as a father. You understand one of the roles as a father is to protect his children. And you're not protecting the children by going out and then coming back in again. And and to do that puts our children at risk. And he says, no, 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 there's no way it's going to put us at risk. And your response would be, you're intelligent enough to know that you can't guarantee that. And you're also intelligent enough to know that with this thing being all around us out here, that there is a possibility that being with her will potentially bring it back here. Well, no, she's quarantined. You know, also are my children. And I can't trust her quarantine because I don't know what she is or isn't doing, but I certainly can trust mine. And therefore, therefore, I'm asking you as their father who loves them and cares for them, put your children before your own desires at this point, please. 
And if he listens to reason and does that, he may resent you. He may get mad at you. He may give you the cold shoulder, but at least you protected your children. And I do not believe that you have been made it impossible to ever put the marriage back together. If that were to be the case, and I don't think it is, but if that were to be the case, at least you know you've done the thing that was most important to you. And that's always crucial. And I've said many times, and I'm saying it now, and I'll continue to say as long as I get to live on this planet, always put safety first for yourself, of course, but also for your children. Okay, now we're going to move on, and I'm going to get to as many calls as I possibly can. And so maybe if I can ask this of all you people out there waiting to talk to me, and there's 45 of you. I don't know I can get to 45 in the hour that's allotted. Jesse, our producer, is in the studio. I'm at my home studio. That's why we're having this problem today. Jesse, I'm going to ask you to uh, go on there. I think there's a way you can do this. Go to this program and extend the time. Past an hour, if you will, my friend. I'm going to try to get to many of these calls as I possibly can. So, Jesse will be taking care of that when I go to the first call right here. And we're going to California and talking to Tara. Hi, Tara. How may I help you today? Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, really well, thank you for voice. being patient through all of this uh, technical <laughs> difficulty we've had today. No, 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 not at all. I, I'm, I'm glad that we were able to connect <laughs> or that you're doing this, this seminar anyways. Um, my question was um, originally how um, reconciliation could take place, if at all, if a spouse has stated that they are unwilling to forgive an affair. Well, the answer to that is yes and no. Right. <laughs> I know oh, you love that. I should be running for office. Here's what I mean by that, Tara. <laughs> It means that it doesn't necessarily have to happen in the short term. But if you're ever going to put it back together and, and he's holding this against you, then it does have to happen at some point. Kimberly and I, Kimberly Holmes, our CEO and I, are actually going to be working this week on a new course for reconciliation. And we'll cover more details about things like this. But there's also a time and a place for it. And so if, if at least you guys are making some progress in the meantime, and things are, are maybe not rapid progress, but at least some progress, becoming maybe friends again, at least talking to each other in, to some degree. And I don't mean the whole nine yards now. I mean that for a while things are getting better, even if they're just a little, then yes, you can actually have a reconciliation. But at some point when the time is right, there is going to need to be this thing of forgiveness. Otherwise, he's going to continue to resent you and hold this against you. That's why I give the yes and no answer. In the short term, not necessarily essential. In the long term, probably is. Is that answering your question, Tara? Yes, it is. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. I kind of figured as much. Um, we both stated that we're we're willing to reconcile, but I don't know if that is enough because thing and doing are very different. So. But it's enough to start with. Okay, it's enough to start with. And Kimberly and I are going to work really hard this week to get that new reconciliation course. It'll be an online course, of course. And we'll get that done as quickly as we can. And it can give it more specifics to you and him. But that's a good place to start. And I do hope that you start there. Okay, and then we're going to go from there over to Missouri and or Missouri, based on where you're from, how you pronounce it, I guess, and speak to Josh. Hi, Josh. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine, Josh. I'm sorry. Thank you for holding. I'm so sorry for our technical problems today. How may I help you? Well, 
my wife uh, has stated that she cannot come back to me because of what her family and friends would say about it. <laughs> How I long have you been married? Um, well, we've only been we've been married less than a year, but we've been together our whole life, um, on and off. Um, first girlfriend, mm-hmm. first boyfriend in sixth grade, on and off. So I see. And um, have you been living together? Is that what it is? Or you say you've only been oh, married for about we, a year? Uh, well, yeah, we've been living together for the last five or six years. Um, mm-hmm. We ended up getting married last year, but she recently moved out, moved back in with her mother. Um, and I don't know how to, I mean, I can get, I get how to talk to her, but I can't talk mm-hmm. to her family. So what does mama have against you? Um, well, I kind of pushed mom out of her, out of her life a little bit. She has two, uh, I have two stepkids, um, and they don't have fathers. So I kind of took over that role and her mom was kind of like the other parent. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when I moved them out of her house and then, you know, started doing these things with them and I wanted to have them at the house. It kind of made her mom really resentful of me. Okay. Um, and the reason you know, that your wife left you is what? For that same reason or something else that your wife um, left? No, other reasons. She gives small reasons and things. Um, nothing huge, but. Um, so yeah. what? what's the biggest thing she says? Um, she said I wasn't there for her when her father passed away. I was out of town and I could not get to her. I didn't try hard enough to get to her, and uh, I okay. think she made an emotional decision. And when did and when did Dad die? Uh, February tenth. Okay, so very recently. All right, so it sounds yeah. like to me, Josh. Now again, you know, I'm, I'm only going off of what you said, and of course, I don't know all the details, but it sounds as if your wife is reacting to the death of the father, and yes. that that's why the family is also reacting as well. If indeed you'd been stepping in. And, and doing things that the father would do for at least for some people in that family. You know, it's the kind of thing where that is very interesting psychology because of the fact that while it's happening, people tend to appreciate it, but at the same time, they sort of resent it. And the resentment is not so much in all likelihood against you, but against the fact that you had to do that. In other words, that it wasn't being taken care of otherwise. Now, when she says, I can't come back to you because of... The fact that my family, you know, what would they think? What would my friends think? Do you think that's her real reason or do you think there's something else? Um, I think that now I think that's the real reason. She actually spent two and a half hours talking to my dad on some, on Saturday. And uh, <sighs> that was her that was her main thing. Okay. Well, so do you think that she then has a deeper relationship and more desire for their um to have a relationship with them than she has with you. That's what you're saying. You believe that? Uh, I think she's scared of losing them. Mm -hmm. um, And particularly since dad just died. Right. Yes. And I don't know how to break through that or make her, you know, her family see that, you know, I'm, I'm only have the best intentions. Yeah. If I were you, I'd give up on trying to convince the family. (laughs) <laughs> no, I because have. the, the <laughs> I likelihood have. of you doing that's pretty small. You're going to wind up being a wasted effort and also opens the opportunity that you might wind up saying or doing something that's offensive to them without you even realizing it. So be very, very careful there. There's a thing back when I used to work in the corporate world that I used to teach salesmen. Now, I know that sounds like I'm going totally off topic, but stay with me. 
I used to tell to teach salesmen this. If you have somebody who has an objection to buying your product, whatever it might be, it may be the real reason, or it may be that that's just an excuse and there's something else really going on. And so and I would teach them to do is this. Okay. When the client says that, just say, I understand. Now, let's just assume for a minute we can figure out how to fix that. We might not, but maybe we can. I need to know what else is there that's an obstacle to this if we were to overcome that. And typically, that's when they would find out what the real objection is. Now, I think that's more of a relationship technique than a sales technique. And, and of course, when I talk to salespeople, I said, you never try to pawn off to people what they don't really need or want. I mean, it's not the fact that they have your money and you're trying to get it. it. Selling done properly is an exchange of value. Well, it's the same thing going on right here. It's an exchange of value. And so if it were I in this situation, what I would do, Josh, is this. I'd say to her the next time we talk, if indeed you're having a conversation where you really can talk. In other words, it's not some superficial thing that all of a sudden you make deep. I wouldn't do it that way. But I would do it like this. I'd say to her, Okay, I hear you. I understand that. I do. Now, if if we were somehow to find a way to get past that, what else would keep you from wanting to come back and put this marriage back together? And if she says nothing, that's it altogether. Well, at least you know you're on the right topic. But there's a great possibility here. You'll find out some other reason that's going to come out then. Well, even if that were to be fixed, we still have blank. And if she were to say that, I would pay a lot of attention to whatever that blank is, a whole lot of attention, a whole lot of attention to where, to what that second thing is, because it's probably going to reveal a lot. All right, now go back to the first just for a minute. Let's say it's just no, no, I don't want them to be uh, angry with me or be upset with me. Then you can just say, I understand that. And I, I'm, I'm happy that they're that important to you. And I'm, I'm, I like that about you. I love that about you, that you love them so much. At the same time, you know, they were acting off what they feel and what they think. And probably some of the things you've said about me, which I get, that's what people do. But over the length of time, over the length of time, do you think that maybe we could possibly, possibly, Talk about things gradually over time. Just that's it. Just gradually over time. Can we at least still have some conversations? And then if it were I, Josh, I would go very slowly. I would go very slowly and hope that she would participate in those conversations. And then as time passes and they get further past dad's death and, and further past whatever anger or whatever the, uh, the emotions are being felt by her family and friends, that as that begins to die down, and it will if you're not doing things to continue to hurt her. Now, it won't die down in a day. It won't die down in a week. It won't die down in a month. But you can, with time, make this happen, my friend. And so first, I try that, that first technique to find out if it's something else. And if so, you need to concentrate on that. And if it turns out this really, really is, then it's going to be a long, slow process. And you have to ask yourself the question, is she worth it? And based on all the time you've spent together and all the years that you've spent together, it sounds to me like it will be worth it. Okay, now we're going to go to Mississippi and go to Will. Hi, Will. How are you today? Doing great, doing great. Oh, I love that deep voice, man. How may I help you? <laughs> well, uh, my uh, my wife 
and I have been separated for nine months. Uh, <laughs> she's been seeing someone else for about maybe four months now. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's been demanding that I give her a divorce, but uh, and she claims she's done all the uh, paperwork and everything, but she won't present me with papers. Uh, she won't give me those. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't want the divorce, but if we need to talk about it, I don't know how to approach her about it while letting her know at the same time I don't want it. Mm-hmm. And how often does she want to talk about it? Um, not very often. Uh, generally, when I ask, you know, I, or say, you know, I've been waiting on you to present me with papers, she'll either change the subject or, uh, you know, just stop talking. Yeah. Do you think that's a smart approach, my friend? Uh, for her, or for me. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was a vague question. Forgive me, Will. It's been that kind of day. I'm thinking about this. If you're saying either stop talking about it or to serve me the papers, aren't you just kind of setting her up to serve you the papers? I suppose so. Um, I just, uh, yeah, I mean, probably. <laughs> yeah. You see, you're, you're using logic to deal with a very emotional situation, at least for her. Well, it is emotional for you, too, because you care about her and you love her. But, but we, we typically say to people, don't give ultimatums or even offer the possibility of ultimatums unless you're actually willing for that to happen. And so if you say, okay, either stop talking about it or serve the papers, well, it could be right now what she really needs to do is to talk about it. Now, I know that's not the thing you want to hear, and you certainly can refuse. And if you wish, you can go ahead and push this to a divorce. But if if she talks about the affair partner, is that what you're saying? Not just she talks about the divorce, but she talks about him? Right, right. I, I'm trying my best to be a safe space for her. Uh, mm-hmm. But when she wants to talk about him, it's uh, I just kind of politely say, hey, I got to get going or – Something along mm-hmm. those lines. Uh, Which is certainly I don't you're right. Know. You know, you have the right, right to do that. Uh, well. And it's very painful. And if you don't want to, if you don't want to listen to that, you certainly don't have to. Let me give you why it might be a good idea if you do let her talk about him. You see, when people are talking about things that they have emotions about, and you don't even know all the emotions she feels here. There's probably some positives and some negatives mixed in here, if it's typical. Then listening to her, letting her open up and share, and and not attacking or accusing and not offering ultimatums, but listening to her and saying, okay, I understand that. You can still make it very clear. You know, I just want to remind you that I still love you, and I hope we work this out someday. You can say that. Just don't say it repetitively, like, you know, every couple of minutes. But you can say it enough where you can feel like, okay, she knows I care. But if you can listen, that means she's taking bricks off her wall. What that means is she's letting you see inside of her. And believe it or not, I have seen that happen so many times. And it's more like if the husband is listening to the wife talk about the affair partner than the other way around, that if you can actually listen to that and be understanding and compassionate, even though you let her know, I love you and I want you back. If, if you can do that, then the more brick she takes off the wall, the more likely she is at some point to start really seriously questioning which one of these relationships does she want to be in? Because I'm assuming since it's only been four months with him, that there is some 
um, situation where he's listening to her because that's typically what happens early on in any relationship, typically, not always. And what you're going to do is you're going to outmaneuver him in the sense of, okay, you think you can talk to him? You think he understands you? I'm going to show you that you can talk to me about anything, even the things that hurt me and that I really, truly want to understand you. And, and again, if you don't want to do this, then don't, okay? You don't have to put yourself through this if you don't want to. And I'm not guaranteeing, I am not guaranteeing that it's going to work, but I'm saying it has a good possibility of changing this whole scenario if indeed you can listen to her. I know you're hurt, buddy, and I, my heart breaks for you. I'm so sorry. I wish we had some magic thing that we could do to make this happen, but it really all comes down to your willpower. How strong can you be? I'll bet you in most areas of your, of your life, you're an extremely strong guy. But it also sounds to me like you're a very logical guy, and you just have to remember, right now we're not dealing with logic. We're dealing with emotions, and if I can pay attention and understand those emotions, uh, then then I have a chance of turning this thing around. And, and if, if I can use this language, bringing her back to her senses, I don't mean that she's crazy. I don't mean that she's insane, but getting her to see things like she did before, rather than how she's seeing things now. And then we're going to Pennsylvania. I'm going to talk to Sean. Hi, Sean. How are you? Hi, Dr. Joe. I want to thank you for taking my call. Well, thank you for hanging in there. I apologize again for the technical delays. My computer decided to revolt for some reason, so I beat it thoroughly, and now it's in submission. How may we help you, my friend? (laughs) Well, my wife left me about 10 months ago, almost 11, and Mm -hmm. she moved in with another guy, and I don't know how to tell if it's limerence or if it's just me keeps screwing up when I try to do spark contact. I, I don't know what's going on. Okay. Now I got to make sure that I'm really understanding what you're saying there. Can you go through that one more time? Cause I think I missed something. Sure. Sure. Um, my wife left me 10 months ago almost okay, 11, and, mm-hmm. and she, she left me, moved in with another, another guy that she went to high school with. So when and she left you, she immediately <laughs> moved in with him. Uh, she said she lived with a friend of hers for like two weeks and then moved in. Mm-hmm. We had some marriage difficulties before that. Okay, but with this out. relationship with him, then probably preceded her moving out, right? I, I I did some snooping, which I know I shouldn't have done, and I found out she'd been talking to him for like three or four weeks before she moved in, or before she left me, excuse me. Wow, three or four weeks, and she moved in that quickly. Wow, okay. And now you're asking the question about, okay, is she in Limerick, or is she what? What was the other option? Uh, is she just done with me? Like, I don't. I, I can't tell anymore. Like since, since she moved out, like we were, we were hanging out for the first few months after she left, we were doing really good. And then I, I ran into the two of them together and oh. immediately she stopped coming back to me, like stopped coming around me. And it's been a living nightmare ever since. Like every time we try to, like we try to talk, you know, she shuts me down. Every time I get emotional talking to her, like I try to tell her I love her, anything like that. She just shuts me down. Gotcha. Okay. And when you were, uh, when things were better in your marriage, did she ever accuse you of being controlling or dominating? No. Uh, her biggest complaint with me was I did not want to work. I had a, I had a low-paying job that I loved a whole lot, 
And then when I lost that job, when he shut down, I kind of shut down with it. I didn't really move forward. Hmm. Okay. And so she felt uh, that you weren't pulling your share? You weren't pulling your load? Yep, I wasn't pulling my own weight. Okay. And was there anything else? Um, uh, not really. Uh, like the month before she left, her, her grandfather, who she didn't really communicate with, didn't really talk to, passed away. Mm-hmm. And and then when she she left me and I I I don't know what to do now. I guess is my okay. big problem. All right, let me give you a couple of suggestions. Now, what I'm hearing, and again, I'm just hearing what you're telling me right now. So if I miss something, oh, really yeah, no, no, important, yeah. If I, I'm just saying that that sometimes. I'll, I'll give an assessment, but I only have a limited information. So just be aware of that because if I had more information, sure. I might assess it differently. But here's what I'm hearing that she uh, began to feel a certain level of disrespect for you because of the fact that she felt that you weren't pulling your own weight. Okay. If you look at why people want out of a marriage, it's because typically one of three things now, not always, but typically one of the three, either I don't feel that you, love me, or I don't feel that you like me, or I don't feel that you respect me. Now you say, wait a minute, you you just said that she probably disrespected me, Sean. That's right. I did say that. But if she indeed feels or felt, I should say, if she felt that you weren't pulling her own weight, then she probably felt disrespected. Particularly if she was pushing you, hey, I need you to get a better job. I need you to go out there and make more money. I don't want you to sit around on your butt or whatever language she used. Then she probably felt disrespected that you did not do that. Now, when you get into the situation where that you had this little blow up uh, with with the two of them, and I heard you say that now when you talk, sometimes you get emotional and she turns you off. It sounds to me like there's a pattern there, Sean. Now, again, I have limited information, but it certainly sounds like a pattern to me. And that pattern, pardon me, and that pattern is this. She still wants to feel respected by you, and she still wants to feel respect for you. And if you are going to demonstrate emotionalism when you talk with her, if you're going to get angry and blow up, if you're going to, uh, for example, weep and beg her to come back or anything that's in her mind indicating that you are not strong enough to be the guy that she wanted to be with, then the, the, the filter that she has developed is she's going to always look down on that. And that's why anytime you become emotional or anything like that, she just doesn't want to talk and she hangs up. If if you really want to make this marriage work, and Sean, I'm not saying I disrespect you at all. I understand that a person gets into the job they love, they'll stick with it. But it's a matter of how does she interpret that? Not how do you interpret it, but how does she? And now I would suggest that in any interaction you have with her, any interaction that you have with her, that you demonstrate tremendous strength, be calm, be assured, and if you're going to go look for a job, I realize that with this virus thing going on, this is the worst time in the world to go looking for one. But if you start doing things that are progressive toward that, like, hey, I've gotten myself an, an line, um, enrolled in this online course teaching me how to, because when I learn how to do that and this virus finally fades, I'm going to go out and find a better job than I had before. And this is helping equip me for that. What are those things might be? Anything you can do right now to demonstrate strength? And not domination, because nobody wants to be dominated, but dominance, indicating that you are a strong man. You can 
pull your weight, as you say. And that's what I would do if I were you, Sean, right now. I would be very, very careful not to demonstrate anything that she'll perceive as weakness and will disrespect me for. I would do everything I could to come across as this strong, amazing man that has developed out of this crisis and out of this problem, out of this difficulty time, this whole difficult time, not just with your marriage, but in the world right now. And that's my recommendation to you, my friend, but it's up to you, as always. And now we're going to go to Indiana, and we're going to talk to Brittany. Hi, Brittany. Are you there? Hi, I'm I'm here. Yes. How may I help you today, Brittany? Well, I wanted to call. Thank you for taking my call. Um, Thank you for being patient. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I've been with my husband for about seven years. Um, We've been married for almost three. And during that time, uh, it's been tough. He has oscillated back and forth continuously about wanting a divorce and this and that just wanting a fresh start with someone new and and it seems like it'll be this crazy extreme and then over the duration of a few days he'll come back around he'll put his wedding ring back on and we'll Mm -hmm. be intimate sometimes um Mm -hmm. but it just kind of happens we don't talk about it and Mm -hmm. it's weird so i I guess i didn't really know how to navigate this or what you might recommend Mm -hmm. What, what do you want to do, Brittany? Um, I want to, you know, reconcile for good, have a strong foundation in mm-hmm. this marriage, and just go go forward. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's it's been a long a long time of dealing with this. Hmm. I understand, and I'm I'm so very sorry for the pain that you feel. A recommendation, if I may. Well, I think it's an obviously wonderful goal for you wanting to reconcile. Right now, you're not in a position to even be thinking about that. And so maybe you actually help yourself by setting another goal that's previous to that goal. And that goal would be, right now, I just want to become friends with him again. Because if he's going in and out, in and out, then he's not ready to reconcile yet, not in the true form of reconciliation. And this course we're about to develop on reconciliation, the first step in it is to be at ease and put the other person at ease. And so I don't know that it's necessarily smart for you to let him come and go and let him come and go without any consequence, although it may be. That's only something that you can decide. I can't decide for you. But if you think about it for a minute, is do you know where he's going or what he's doing when he leaves? He he never leaves the house. Um, oh, he's he does always there. travel for work. Yeah, he does travel for work. I know there have been a couple emotional affairs over this last year, um, mm-hmm. but he's told me about them. I've tried mm-hmm. to, you know, express concern. Mm-hmm. I've listened, let him vent, you know. If I may um, ask, how old is he? Uh, he's 31. 31. And has there been any significant change in his life in the last 12 to 18 months? Like somebody he really cares about died or job or money or anything? He's actually um, been in recovery from alcohol addiction. So it's, it's really gotten bad. He's been sober for about 18 months. He's grown, worked a great program. He's awesome. Um, This whole not sure what he wants to do, stay or go, start over, has really mm-hmm. kind of heightened after that. Okay. So he's looking for something, but he doesn't know what it is. Is that right? 
Exactly right. Yes. Okay. So he's looking for something, but he doesn't know what it is. And sometimes he thinks it might be you. And then sometimes he thinks it might not be you. Well, right. that's actually better news than if he were saying, I have found what I'm looking for and I'm going to go be with him, her, or it. Okay. Mm-hmm. The fact that he's still vacillating is actually a good sign because if it's a little bit tougher, not just a little bit, sometimes it can be a lot tougher if they already moved that next phase over, which apparently he has not. The fact that he had a couple of emotional affairs in, a, in about a year's time, that's what I heard you say, a couple of emotional affairs in about a year? Yes. Okay, then that's pretty much indication that he really is looking for something, but he doesn't know what it is. And so my recommendation suggestion would be to you is this. If you feel comfortable making love to him and he wants to, I would recommend that you do. Now, again, it's your decision. And if you don't feel comfortable, don't. But don't make love to him thinking, okay, this is the the magic mushroom that's going to make him come back. It's not necessarily going to do that, but it can be a factor in that. Okay, I have an article online somewhere about the pros and cons of making love to a spouse you're separated from. And while you're not separated in the traditional sense, you are in a sense separated. And the pros and cons, mm-hmm. I don't have time to go through all of them here, but you can find them online. If you go to marriagehelper.com, you can find those things there. But anything you do that can make the relationship go better without at this point putting pressure on him because he's not at the point where pressure is going to help. In other words, he doesn't know what he's looking for. And so if there are any conversations that you guys have that are very open and transparent conversations, if that ever happens at all, I wouldn't push it. I would just wait for the opportunity where it occurs naturally. And if indeed that conversation takes place, then you can ask questions. But you actually started off on your own. You know, here I am, and you didn't say how old you are, but I'm going to assume somewhere around 30. Here I am, you know, reaching my third decade, finishing my third decade on this planet. and Sometimes I find myself wondering, is this the path I want to be on or is there something else out there? Now, don't say that if it's not true, but if it is, and for most people it is, that's why I'm giving it to you. If it is, then hopefully what you do is you lead him, you lead him to start having that same conversation with you. Yeah, I know. And if you can't lead it into him by talking about it first, if you're having that calm conversation where it's comfortable and nobody's pushing anything, then you can just say, Honey, sometimes it just seems to me like that uh, you're looking for something and I'm really, I'd really like to understand what that might be. And if it's going to be an open and honest conversation, he's probably going to say, I'm not sure what it is. Well, give me some characteristics of what you think it might be like. And if you can start listening to him where he's talking about that, if indeed this conversation can take place, and again, it must be natural. It can't be pushed. It has to be when it's, when it's, um, not going to make him feel pressured in any sense, shape, fashion, or form. Start talking about that with you very well may lead him to start leaning more on you to be part of the process of finding that. Now, um, you may be thinking, well, could it do the opposite, Dr. Beam? I mean, if I get him to start articulating it, might he just get an aha? Oh, that's what I'm looking for. And then he walks out the door and goes after it. Yes, that is a possibility. But it's not the highest possibility. The higher possibility here, even probability, I would say, is if you can start having those conversations with him where he's open and transparent, you very well can become part of the process of helping him and yourself at the same time find a new path. That could be absolutely wonderful, both of you. And it would be one then that you walked together 
not him leaving and coming back and leaving and coming back. Okay, now we're going uh, to Pennsylvania again. We've already been there once. This time we're going to Grant. Uh, Grant, how may we help you today? Hey, um, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for being patient until we solve all these technical problems we had. What may I do for you, my friend? Yeah, so um, just to give a little bit of uh, insight on what's going on. Um, so last week, my wife um, sent me an email. We had been separated for about two weeks, and she sent me an email saying that she had filed for divorce. Hmm. Um, so then uh, she, she came by in the next hour asked me to leave the apartment, came with some friends and family, gathered her things, <laughs> and then she moved all the way back across the country, um, hmm. back in with her family. Hmm. So and all this I'm happened in a period of just a couple what? of weeks? Did I hear that correctly? All yeah. this happened just over a couple of weeks period? Yeah. So, um, uh, of course, I'm just giving you a snapshot. Um, but what had happened prior um, around January, we had decided that we were going to go to therapy, and uh, we went to a therapist who told us to give each other six weeks of space, um, just mm-hmm. living in the same place, to kind of uh, be like roommates, essentially. And, uh, and during, during that last week um, of, so I guess the sixth week of six, um, she said that she wanted to, uh, to, to move out, spend some time at a friend's house, um, and so she she moved out for about two weeks. I didn't, you know, I didn't argue too much. I didn't resist. I said, no, if that's what you think is best. And, um, and so she stayed with a friend for about two weeks. And, and during that time, I didn't hear anything, not a word, just radio silence. And then um, after she had been living with her for about two weeks, um, she sent me that email. Okay. A couple of questions. Did she continue to see that therapist during those six weeks? Um, no, I, I don't believe so. She, um, mm-hmm. she refused to see either one of us, uh, individually. Okay. Um, Another question. What led you to see the therapist? What was the problem that led you there? Yeah. So, um, early on in our relationship, we had had some problems communicating. Um, I, you know, sexual intimacy was always a really difficult thing, uh, between the two of us. Um, and I, you know, I, I kind of wanted to pursue that a little bit more. And I think that she took that to be a little bit um, pushy, and, and uh, okay. she didn't want that as much. And so okay. that kind of dissolved into um, a little bit of uh, verbal, you know, I, I would say verbal or emotional uh, misconduct. So I On your part or her part or both? Um, so, you know, I said things that were, that were rude or hurtful and, and disrespectful, and, and okay. she oftentimes just kind of ignored or withdrew. Okay. And this person that she lived with for a couple of weeks, her friend, is that a single person, married person, divorced person, widowed person? What? Yeah, it's a a married girlfriend of hers. Okay. And so she lived with the girlfriend and her husband. The husband was there. Yes. Okay. All right. So your question, I'm, I'm understanding your question to be, okay, should I just give up? since she took her stuff and moved halfway off the other side of the country, or should I keep trying to save my marriage? Is that the question? Yes. Okay. Now, obviously I cannot, nor can anybody tell you what you should do, 
you know, if you want to know what you should do, just post it on Facebook. <laughs> you, you'll get 55 different versions of what you should do from people who are absolute experts on your life without knowing anything about you or your wife. And that just ticks me off when that happens. Nobody can tell you what to do, my friend. It just can't be. It has to be your decision. This is awfully fast, awfully fast. And so I'm asking the question, or kind of a rhetorical question, if I'm, if, well, it basically is, which is this. What advantage do you have to give up now? I mean, if it's been this fast, this thing's going on this quickly, well, why not just hang in there for a little while and see what's going to happen? She may go through a divorce as rapidly as she can. She may have nothing to do with you again as long as she lives. That's always a possibility. I hate it, but it is. I realize that there are people on the Internet that will tell you, no, 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 I'll give you the magic words. You say what I tell you to say. You send the email I tell you to send, and you the text I tell you to send, and, and she'll come begging back. And those people are just charlatans and frauds because the truth is we never know what a person's going to do. We can predict with some degree of probability, but again, it always winds up being that person's decision. But Grant, since the fact that it's all happened so fast, I don't know why. I don't know why it would be to your advantage to just go ahead and give up now. I mean, yes, the fact that she's on the other side of the country does make it much more difficult, no doubt about it. The fact that her family came with her means that they've become her support system in this, and that makes it worse. I, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm always going to tell you the truth, even if you don't, don't like the truth that you hear, unfortunately. And so, yeah, it's a tough one. It's absolutely a tough one. But I've seen a whole lot tougher than this workout. If you decide you want to stand for the marriage, if you decide you want to do that, then uh, I'm going to jot your number down here in a second so one of our client representatives can call you, and I'm going to give you – sorry for all that racket. I'm trying to reach a pen. <laughs> I'm going to jot down your number here, and I'm going to ask one of our client representatives to call you unless you already have a client representative with us. And I want to give you as my gift our online Save My Marriage program. And if you decide you want to stand, it's a 10-week-long program that can give you some suggestions and ideas about what to do, how to face things, et cetera. And, Grant, if you want to just give up now, you know, when they call to give this to you, just tell them you don't want it. But if you do want to do this, then maybe there's some advantage in trying this a little longer because it's all happening so fast, my friend. But as always, always, it's your decision. And so now we're going to Ohio and going to Crystal. Hi, Crystal. How are you? Hello. Hello. How may I help you today? Um. Well, I had uh, – how do I go? I'm so excited to talk to you. Thank you for taking my call. Um, You're very so welcome. in November, my husband um, – just randomly told me that he went into divorce and he was leaving our congregation. Um, he um, told me there was no one else, and but he wanted to go back into the BDSM lifestyle that we were in when we were, you know, in our 20s. It was stupid. Um, but I had just recently discovered that he has had a affair partner um, for probably about four months they met on an internet chat and then he found out that she was into BDSM. So Okay, um, say that last sentence again please. Wait, I said that last sentence one more uh, time. Say that last thing one more time. I did not hear it. Um 
because when he met her, they 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 went into the BDSM. He didn't know she was in it, and then when he discovered, that's when they got together. So, um, I confronted him, and now he is moving out and filing for divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, my my question is, because he left our congregation, he just associated himself, and now he's into this lifestyle, into and also wanting to move into her house, which is an hour away. What is there any hope for him to ever want to come back to? you know, our lifestyle, or I've even tried to say, you know, you don't need our belief. If you don't want to believe what we believe, that's fine. Let's work on our marriage. But he's so in love and enthralled. Like right now we're under a two-week um, quarantine, and he went with her and told our daughter that he was moving out. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so we asked the question, is there any hope? Let me give the short answer first. Yes. There was always hope. If he indeed is in limerence with this other person, limerence can lead people to chase a fantasy. For example, I'm going to try to recapture my youth. I'm going to live like I did when I was a kid, uh, when I was a teenager, that kind of thing. I'm going to live that kind of lifestyle, and therefore I'm abandoning the more um, adult lifestyle that I've been living since then. Okay? So, yeah, that's a possibility that he could decide that he wants to live that way the rest of his life. But... Not necessarily. And so if you say, is there any hope? The answer is, yeah, there's always hope. Because uh, if you've heard any of my story, you may know that when Alice and I, when I divorced Alice many, many years ago to leave her for another woman, I went into a very different lifestyle, strange lifestyle in comparisons of the lifestyle I had before. And indeed, I lived that way to the point where Alice just gave up on me and everybody else gave up on me. Alice was always polite and kind and did all the wonderful things that she just did instinctively that we now teach people to do. And at some point I finally came to my senses and called her and asked if I could come back. And the reason that I wanted to go back, one of the strongest parts of it was the fact that I wanted to become who I was before, not the person I had become by changing my beliefs and values. And so is it possible that a person believes uh, believes and values change dramatically? Yeah. But what you need to understand is that limerence thing is not going to last forever. It's not. Now, when it finally ends, what are they going to do? Well, sometimes they go crazy. Sometimes they go out and live all kinds of bad lifestyles. But even then, and I did that, after that limerence affair ended with this other person, Uh, For the next uh, couple of years, I still lived in a very different lifestyle, one that would not work for a married man by any means. And yet I still at some point came to my senses in the sense that I want to be me again. I want to go back to the person I was, only better. And that means you have to go back to your beliefs and values. So is there hope? Yeah. I don't know how strong the hope is because I don't know him. But is it possible? Without a doubt. Now, the second question becomes, will you still be available when it happens? Because it could take a year, two years, three years. And if it takes that long, you may have decided to move on with your life. And then that's totally your decision if you want to do that. Okay? Totally your decision. It's up to you, my friend. Do you really want to wait? And if so, how long? But hope Yes, there's always hope. And until they marry the other person or, God forbid, die, there is always hope. 
Now we can go to Jesse. Hang on, Jesse. Right in Canada. Hi, Jesse. Oh, hi. Sorry. <laughs> hi. All right. How are you today? Oh, I'm okay. How about okay, you? Good. <laughs> well, I'm just quarantined with the rest of the people down here in Tennessee. How may I help yeah, you today? Yeah, we do. Hmm. Um, I guess my my husband moved out a couple months ago because um, mm-hmm. he was unhappy at the time, and that's all I thought it was. And then mm-hmm. about two weeks ago, um, the other person's spouse contacted me and told me that he was having an affair with his wife. So. That was devastating, mm-hmm. um, but mm-hmm. he has asked to move back now because of he's been living with his parents and he doesn't want to and because of COVID reasons, but when I um, when he first asked, I was like, well, you need to stop talking to her if you're coming back. I don't want you talking to her, and then that kind of, so then he stayed a little longer, but he recently asked again, and I just don't know. I just, I guess I just don't know what to do here. Well, Jesse, what do you want to do? Well, I want him back, like I I do, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Like, I obviously don't want him involved with her anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to put a, what we call a stop? A stop is a safeguard that offers protection, S-T-O-P, safeguard that offers protection, Sometimes people call them boundaries. We quit using that word because it's been used in such terrible ways. And often people talk about boundaries when they're actually talking about control. And control doesn't work. But a stop in your case might be something like this, Jesse. Okay, I I love you. I really want to put this marriage back together. But the safeguard that's offering protection to me, to my heart, to my emotions, to my feelings is this. You cannot continue to talk with her. Now, Kimberly and I, in the next couple of three weeks, are going to make a whole new program just about how to do stops and how to do cores. Cores are things you, you, the other person has to do. They're continuing our relationship essentials. And so in a couple of weeks, this will be available to you. It's just that we're having to do a whole lot of things at one time now because of this virus thing. But if mm-hmm. you make a stop, Jesse, the stop says, and if you do that, this is the consequence. Now, we recommend consequences that are tiered. What I mean by that is this. If I find out that you talk to her, then I'm just going to give some, pull some things out of the air here. Then you're going to have to leave the house for at least two weeks. And then if we decide to get back together, if you talk to her again after that, you're going to move out of the house for six weeks. And if we get back together and you talk to her again after that, then I'm going to see an attorney and I'm going to go for a divorce. Now, these are the kind of things that a stop would be. Stops are valueless. They have no power, no value at all if you don't enforce them. There can't be any grace. There can't be any mercy. There can't be any, okay, well, this time, no, if you do it, you have to do it, period. Are you, mm-hmm. and, but understand the consequence. If you throw them out of the house for two weeks, you understand that there's a possibility you might not come back. Are you right. understanding that? Okay. Now, if that's the case, are you willing to do that? I don't know. Okay. And that's an honest answer. I like honest answers. Well, until you're ready to do that, then the only thing you have at your, uh, available to you is to try to make the relationship better 
by talking with him. But if you're not going to have, if you're not ready to put up a stop, then don't. Because if you put it up and then don't enforce it, things actually get worse. And so it's really up to you, Jesse. It's like, okay, I don't like this. It bothers me. You know, what do I do? Well, until you know what you're definitively going to do, and I don't mean that you have full 100% confidence because very seldom does anybody have that period, but at least so feel within the confidence that if I do that, then this is how I'm going to do it. So one of the recommendations to you, Jesse, is this. Uh, if you'll wait about a month, and I realize that sounds like forever right now, but if you wait for about a month, we will have a course available to, for you, hopefully by then, hopefully, that will actually help you make a decision about what to do in terms of stops and cores. And if you don't want to wait for that, just use your best judgment, my friend. I realize okay. I'm not telling you what you want to hear, right? Well, you're telling me information, so. <laughs> I know. Jesse, I wish there were simple ways to handle these things. I really, really do. But if he is indeed involved with her in a limit relationship, then then you're dealing with a powerful, powerful emotion there. It doesn't justify what he does. Don't misunderstand. But it also may lead him to do things that are not very smart because, at least not smart in terms of the relationship with you, because that limerick stuff is so, so powerful. Jesse, are you yet discovering that you're stronger than you thought you were? I am, but I feel pretty weak since I heard about the affair, so. <laughs> I know, I know. Really. I tell you what, my friend, I'll, I'll talk to Kimberly and we'll get this other thing done as rapidly as we can, and hopefully it will give you some assistance on what to do. In the meantime, are you in our online program? Yeah, I'm in the my Save My Marriage. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it are has you? helped for sure. Okay, good. Jesse, I want to know how it turns out. Okay, I do. Keep being strong, and you are strong. I can just tell listening to you there, you are. Thank you. Okay. Oh, my heart breaks for Jesse and for so many people out there in that same, same, same situation. It's just heartbreaking. Ah, Okay. And we're going to go over here to Nevada, and then we're going to talk to Maria. Hi, Maria. How are you today? Hi. Hi, Dr. Beam. Um, I, my question is about my husband. He has been in a limited um, online affair uh, for mm-hmm. about 13 months. We've been married 24 mm-hmm. years, no children, thank goodness. Um, but, uh, and I, I've been, I didn't know, I knew that there was something wrong, but I didn't find out about it until, say, August and September. Mm-hmm. So I did all the wrong things. <laughs> I did. I, well. I begged Pete, and then, but I found um, marriage helper, thank goodness. So I was able to use some of the, uh, most of the principles. And he started talking to me in, um, about, we actually had decent conversations about a lot of stuff. He said mm-hmm. he didn't know why he was doing the affair. He thinks that he was um, lonely and depressed a little. But um, what happened is yesterday he got mad for uh, really a trivial reason. I, I said it was going to go down. Um, downtown to get some some supplies, and mm-hmm. that he was okay with that. When I told him I was going to pass by and deliver something to my friend, he got upset. Uh, in in that whole in that whole uh, rant of his, he he brought up all the things that he was upset about me for. He said that he didn't think the changes I was doing were going to be permanent, 
And uh, and then he said, well, and if you want to file a divorce, go ahead and do that. And I was wondering, is that uh, like a pullback? Because I thought we were, I was being a safe space. So I was wondering, it, maybe I messed up on something or was what when I thought I was being a safe space was that not uh real because he was he was actually telling me that uh he was breaking up with the, his affair partner a lot more frequently like every other mm-hmm. day. and uh okay. and he, he kept telling he would tell me I I don't think it's gonna last because she has all these issues and I'm old he's he's 66 um mm-hmm. and so and she's like 35 Mm-hmm. Uh, and three thousand miles away. So I was wondering, if, um, if, did I make a mistake in uh, implementing the principles or safe contact? And if I, I know I'm going to talk to him about business items uh, anyway. Mm-hmm. Should I try to go back to that spot where he can talk to me about the the affair partner, or should I just leave that alone completely? Since he, oh, one of the things he said also is that even though he was able to talk to me about her, he now feels bad and doesn't want to talk to, to me about her at all. Okay. And, and, which is, I, I thought was kind of odd because I thought it was, <laughs> we were doing really well. Okay. Um, well, it sounds me, Maria. You've been doing really a lot of the right things. So good for you. I would not, if it were I, I would not react to one event. So, for example, okay, you said I'm going to stop by and try to drop this off to my friends. Who knows what button that hits? I mean, maybe it's because of the fact that he's thinking, oh, my goodness, you're going to bring that virus back into our house and it's going to kill me. I mean, who knows? Who knows what flashed through his brain? But for some reason, it offended him. Is there a lot of anger and hurt still in there? Obviously, there is. But there's also anger and hurt still inside for you to some degree. And the fact that he exploded and ranted and said all those terrible things I mean, I know it's hurtful. I know you don't want it to occur, but does that mean that you hit a turning point and things are going to be different from this point on? Not necessarily. Sometimes the thing we do is help people the most is to say, don't react to everything that happens. Sometimes just take things in stride and say, okay, it was a bad day. It didn't work well. And then you just keep doing the right things the right way and you just keep on trucking. And it may be that that never comes up again the vacillation that he's felt back and forth. And then the, the, the doubt, like oh, you, that change is not going to last forever, et cetera. Maria, the changes that we talk about becoming the safe place, for example, practicing the pies, the physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual, all those things we teach not as techniques, but as lifestyles. Because if you just did them to get certain things from your spouse, then when you quit quitting those things, you're going to quit doing the things that you were doing. So don't do that. It's not to manipulate. It's not to control. It's not to make the other person react in some way. It's actually what you do for you as a lifestyle. And does that actually influence and affect the other person? Almost always it does. And even if it doesn't affect that person, I'll guarantee it'll affect other people around you in positive and good and wonderful ways. And so uh, it's not a matter of backing up if you say, well, should I back up and do this? It should be the whole thing all the way through. <laughs> I'm always going to be taking care of myself physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually. I'm going to try to relate to you in those ways. I'm always going to be the safe place. I'm always going to be able to listen and understand. And do I sometimes have to set boundaries, as some people call them? We call them stops. Yeah, that's a possibility. Sometimes you do. But all of these things you do not as a technique to try to make the other person do what you want 
or even to try to lure the other person back, although they very well can lead the other person back. You do it as a lifestyle for you. And so it's not a matter of, well, should I back up to this? Do it all the time. Smart contact makes sense with everybody you come in contact with the rest of your life. Now, if you have not gone through our new smart contact course, Maria, I'm writing down your number right now, and I'm going to send it to our CCRs or somebody, (laughs) and I'm going to ask them to give you a call and offer you the smart contact toolkit. Now, uh, if, if you've already purchased it, it's like $27. If you've already purchased it, wonderful. But if you don't have it, I'm going to give that to you so you can see it's something you do from this point on. By the way, sometimes people say, hey, you know, smart contact. You talked about that on your YouTube videos. So can I get enough there? And the answer is if, if you're very perceptive and can read between the lines and think beyond the boundaries of the box, then, yeah, the basic principles can work. But what we've discovered for a lot of people is, well, I need to answer. I need you, Dr. Beam and Kimberly Holmes, the CEO here. I need you guys to answer more questions because I hear you say this principle, but how does it apply to this? And how does it apply to that? And how does it apply to that over there? And that's why we made the smart uh, smart contact tool kit. I'm sorry. I'm having trouble talking now. If you go to our website at marriagehelper.com, marriagehelper.com, then you can find out all about it there, or you can call our office based on the number you see there. And we can help you get that. And it's just 27 bucks. But let me tell you about some things that we're about to do for you for free. Now, if you go to uh, Facebook and look for us, Marriage Helper, okay? It's not a private group. Now, there are some private groups that belong to Marriage Helper, but I'm not talking about now. If you just go and follow us on Facebook, just follow us, Marriage Helper. Or if you go to Instagram and follow us there, I don't use Instagram, so maybe it's not Paula. Maybe there's some other word that goes to that. But if you want to connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, here's what you can get right away that's going to cost you nothing. Our team, because of the fact we know times are pretty tough for people right now, they're actually going through and putting together some YouTube videos into packages so that you don't have to go searching for them and looking all through YouTube because we have hundreds and hundreds of videos on YouTube and also some eBooks that we've already developed and written that would go with those videos. And they're coming up with specific topics. Our, our team has come up with 14 different topics. Now they're hoping to get two or three of them done in the next day or two where they, ha- they package these videos together and they package the eBooks to go with them together and it's free. Now the way you can know about it, well, you can know about it, how to get it for free is to follow us on Facebook, Marriage Helper, or Instagram, Marriage Helper, and it'll be announced there. Or if you don't have the ability to do that because of the internet or whatever else, you can call our office. Our telephone number, we have a toll-free number, but I don't have that one memorized. So I'll give you the other number. It's 615-472-1161. That's 615-472-1161. 1161. Or you can email us at info, I-N-F-O, info at marriagehelper.com. That's marriagehelper, marriagehelper.com, info at marriagehelper.com. And say, hey, I want to do these, uh, these new free video packages. Can you just keep me up to date with that? And we will do everything we can to make sure that you do. Okay. All right. Let's see uh, if we can get to one, two, or three more of these before we stop. I noticed that the uh, the team that cuts my grass here has shown up, and even though they were told not to come around here on Mondays, they obviously have ignored that. That aggravates me. 
Yeah, hopefully they won't get so loud that I can't hear you. <laughs> two, I'll have to go up with my with my slingshot and pick one or two of them off those moors. All right, so let's go to the next call here. We're going to go to Steve in Texas. Hi, Steve. How may we help you today? Hi, Dr. Joe. I want to thank you so much for taking my call. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thank you for being so patient and waiting, my friend. How may we help you today? Well, um, I kind of had a, I was saying I had a really good day yesterday Mm -hmm. with with my wife. Uh, We've been separated since around Thanksgiving. So it's been about uh, four months now. And she, uh, I feel, has been in limerence. And that she had a, it seems she had an emo, she was having an emotional affair three to four weeks before we separated. Mm-hmm. And that, um, then she, you know, then it turned into a physical affair during the holidays, during Christmas. And that, um, she hasn't vilified me at all. And that, um, we actually talked for a while and that, but we really started drifting apart, uh, going into, you know, the tail end of January through February and the beginning of March. Mm-hmm. But, Recently, over the last week or two now, we've actually had more contact, texting and mm-hmm. such, and actually seeing, you know, talking face-to-face. And she's, she's told me a couple, you know, over the last few, we talked to her Wednesday, and that she was telling me how she was having an argument with her LO, mm-hmm. and that because he lives about eight hours away. Uh, I'm in San Antonio. He lives up in the panhandle of Texas, which mm-hmm. is her hometown. And that they were acquaintances before. And I'm not mm-hmm. romantic or anything. And okay. so he's, she's upset because, well, there's two things. Uh, first, he, he's staying up there with his family up in the panhandle and won't come down to see her during this quarantine mm-hmm. period. So she's mm-hmm. feeling somewhat abandoned, I guess. Gotcha. I could think of that and everything. So she's very upset. And she's even said she even threatened twice. She's had these arguments. There was then. Mm-hmm. And then I believe Saturday, yeah, Saturday where she even said, I'm done with you, but not didn't mm-hmm. actually break up. She's like, I'm done with you. Okay. And so, so some of the stuff we've talked that, you know, like, mm-hmm. so how can I help you today? Dave? What, what can I do for you today? Sure, sure. Well, what I want to do is, or what I want to ask is, I'm trying not to read too much into everything, but she called Sunday morning. She said, you, we, do you want to go with me when I go TP hunting, we called it, <laughs> with all and all that. So she invited me and asked me to go with her. So mm-hmm. we spent some time together yesterday morning traveling around to different stores and everything. Okay. And she's, so, so how can I help you today, my friend? Well, I just want to know, are those positives, you know, positive things that she's contacting me that way and she's actually confiding in me about her feelings about the relationship? And is that a sign? I mean, I don't want to buy too much into it, but is it a sign that she may be coming out? It it doesn't mean that she's necessarily coming back today or even tomorrow, okay? So in that sense, don't put too much hope into it because can things vacillate? The answer is yes. The end of limerence is typically a lot of vacillation. And there's vacillation toward the LO, as you call it, the limerent object, the fair partner. And there's vacillation toward the spouse. And the fact that you're now seeing that, because people who are in, in the most intense, full-fledged part of limerence 
have no vacillations toward the spouse typically. It's like, I'm leaving you. I'm going to be with my lover. The fact that she's interacting with you now indicates vacillation. There's vacillation toward him and there's vacillation toward you. Now, that typically signifies that a person has either entered or is about to enter the third and final phase of deliverance, which I call deterioration. And so, yeah, these are all good signs. And it sounds to me like that, that this limerence thing with this other guy is on the downhill slope. Now, understand the vacillation. She may pop up and, and not just pop up to the panhandle. The emotion she feels toward him may pop up and get stronger and then get weaker again and then get stronger and then get weaker again. And so I would recommend don't react when that happens. Understand right. that that's the way it ends. It goes back and forth like that. The the intensity of the emotions gets stronger, get weaker, get stronger, get weaker. But it's a vacillation, and vacillation is a sign that limerence is going toward that final stage, if not already in it. So if, if she suddenly pulls back toward him some, keep doing the right things, Steve. Don't give up. If you indeed love this woman, love her long enough for her to get out of this limerent thing completely. And, and already she's indicating um, vacillation toward you in the sense that she wants you to go shopping with her. She's talking to you. She's being open and honest about her feelings about this guy. Those are all extremely good signs. Okay. And so I like that very much. I'm happy for you. Okay. And now we're going to go to Australia and we're going to talk to Leanne. Hi, Leanne. How are you? Oh, hi, Dr. Beam. I'm great. Thank you. Oh, I love to hear that Australian accent. You know, I earned my PhD at the University of Sydney there, and I just love being in Australia. <laughs> it's a great country you live in. Well, I, so how, how may I help you today? Yeah. Well, I have a question. Um, if your spouse is chasing a lifestyle, how do you kind of want to make compromises? Um, the reason why I ask that. I'm not sure if that is exactly what he's after. Um, my husband is in an affair. Um, I found out in August of 2019. Um, he didn't admit at first who it was or how they met. Um, <laughs> but when I did find out, he did tell me. Um, and it's actually somebody he works with. The reason why I ask about the lifestyle is because at the moment I've implemented my pies, I'm doing the smart contact. He mm-hmm. hasn't um, vilified me. He hasn't run me down. Um, of Good. late, um, we're doing renovations on our home. Um, he has moved out, so we're doing renovations. Mm-hmm. And there has been some good banter between the two of us. We've had great interactions. We both love our three-year-old son. We share him week on, week off. Um, you know, he asks if I'm okay, those sorts of things. I have had a conversation with him recently um, where he's been a little bit open with his emotions and he has indicated to me that he was just unhappy. Um, A few times he has mentioned that um, he doesn't like the stress um, he feels in his life. He He wants a life where it's less effort. Um, his affair partner is actually somebody he works with so they work together quite a lot Um, Mm -hmm. his boss did confront him about it he was open about it since then he has shed a lot of bricks about the problems he's having at work um, with his Mm -hmm. boss and everybody else at his job 
Um, he is very stressed in his job. He hates his job mm-hmm. now. He doesn't want to be there. So here's my question, man. Well, yeah. how, how may I help you? What is it I can do for you, my friend? Yeah. So with the lifestyle, is it something that can be brought on through the affair partner? Mm-hmm. Or is it something that, um, you know, he might be wanting to chase? Um, so for me, I guess what I'm asking is I'm wondering if it is a lifestyle that he is chasing or if it's something that maybe um, the affair partner's kind of gotten into. And in what way is the lifestyle different other than the fact that he's involved with his affair partner? In what way is this lifestyle different? Well, I feel like he wants to go back to sort of being like a kid with no effort, um, like a teenager with no responsibilities. Um, so does that I mean, mean he's, not he's, having to work? Yeah, so he wants to, he's mentioned to me that um, he wants to start his own business and the reason why he wants to start his own business is that he doesn't have people telling him what to do and he has less stress in his life and, and not a lot of effort and he just doesn't want to be able to do a lot of things too much. Okay, and so has he started doing things like drinking heavily or anything like that? No, no. Um, I Good. know that like, he did start smoking again. Um, he does drink a lot of energy drinks and I know he has put on weight, but... I haven't seen anything dramatically change in his life. Um, okay, much. so when you say changing lifestyle, it basically, if I'm understanding you correctly, means going off to start a new business. Is that the main change? I think that's the main change. I mean, he has talk, we have talked about it in our marriage, um, okay. you know, but prior to his starting this new job. Um, it okay, is something so that he, has, he was passionate about wanting for a while. Is yes. that correct? Yes. Okay. All right. So I think that kind of answers your question. You say, well, did that come on because of her? Well, no. You've been talking about a new marriage. It's something he's wanted. The fact that he may be now ready to do it, could that be because of the fact that he's involved with her? The answer is yeah. Because once you start crossing boundaries, then you have less fear. (laughs) It's like, if I've already crossed this boundary, what other boundary might I I cross at the same time? And so, like, I've always been afraid to try to start my own business because what if it doesn't work? What if we don't have money? Could that be then exacerbated by the affair? Absolutely. Now, the question that's written down here from our call screener says, you're asking how should you, um, how do you say you're willing to compromise? In what way are you willing to compromise? Well, he's he's brought up that because we brought a, a large property, um, and so he's he's said a few times that he got sick of the yard work, he got sick of um, you know mm. the maintenance of it and those sorts of things. So I have planted a few seeds along the way where I've said to him, if we sell the house, the profits <laughs> we get from the house, we could buy a smaller property that is more manageable, that is in more of a you know it allows us more free time. Okay, the so the compromises you're making are not moral compromises. Yes. They're more or less financial compromises, no. correct? Okay. Yes. yes. A couple of suggestions, Leanne. First of all, those kind of things make sense. If a person has a dream that they're pursuing and you become part of that dream saying, I can help out with that, that makes sense. The recommendation I would have right now, though, is this. Also put some logic in it because if indeed he's been in this life on this affair kind of thing, then part of what's going on is that he's working off a lot of emotions. If there's a time in history where it might not be the smartest thing to do is to start a brand new business when people are all staying inside their houses, 
because of this virus thing, then that may not be the smartest thing to do. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it isn't smart. I'm not, I'm not that kind of businessman. I don't know. But, but maybe that's when you sit down with them and go, you know, I understand your dream and I want to help you with it. All I ask is let's do it calmly and logically and understand that my helping you with it is going to be predicated upon the fact that you have ended this relationship with the other person. Because if, you know, we're going to sell our property and if we're going to use this money to start a new business, I, I want to be able to trust the fact that it's going to be you and me. And, and I understand right now you're emotionally torn. You're kind of going this way and going that way. And, and so I'm very willing, very willing to be part of you fulfilling your dream. I'm just ask that we put some, I'm asking that we put some logic with it. First of all, maybe we get past this worldwide pandemic. Secondly, Secondly, uh, some assurance is going to be with me, which means I can only do that after you end it with her. Now, again, Leanne, it's your life. You can make your decision to do whatever it is that you wish to do. It's up to you. But I would recommend that if you're going to say that, then do that. Put the logic to it. First of all, start with the emotional side. I understand. I want to be there with you. I want to do it with you. That's the emotional side. Then I'd put the logical side. But here's some things I need to do. I hope you can understand that. And if you can have an open and honest conversation about that, then that could very well lead to your chasing a dream together rather than him being pulled away by somebody else to chase a dream. Thank all of you being involved with us today. Sorry that we had such a late start because of the technical problems. <laughs> hopefully we'll have that worked out by next Monday. And hopefully we can talk to you then at 1230 Central Time, USA. Thank you.